Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books as well as totallyiowa.com and the Iowa Business Report, Iowa Politics Report. Come to us from KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff Stein is today. How was your Halloween last night? Anything exciting for you? Not a darn thing, and I'm very happy about it. I mean, you know me. I'm the kind of guy that I turn off all the lights to make sure nobody comes over. You know, that's that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm mr social i turn off the lights you know i i roll some razor wire across the driveway wow. it's all great very texas all right so <laughs> it's, it, it, how but are you are you really kind of have a bit bit of a rural lot though don't, don't you yeah but it's uh it, it's in the country it's sort of in the woods but there's a nice paved cul-de-sac right there so i mean you know you wouldn't it's it's uh, country living with neighbors that are far too close. How's well, that for well, for God's sakes. Well, at least give the neighbor kids. I mean, it's not like their kids are driving into they're, your neighborhood. No, no they're there. Well, uh, there are bands of marauders who do come through and, <laughs> and they they chant your name. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, really, I made an impression when I was down there. So it was good stuff. <laughs> it's there. There aren't a lot of kids. But even when I lived in a city, it's like. Just literally turn off all the lights. I, I just, you know, I don't like Halloween, and I, I'm sure I've told you the story. But when I was a little kid, growing up in central Iowa, it was cold for Halloween one year. And so I'm wearing mittens knitted by my dear grandmother. Yes. By her own fingers. Yes. And I go to a neighbor lady. I reach in to pull out one piece of candy. But the little jagged edges of the fun size bar stuck to the mitten. And as I pulled my hand out holding one, another one was stuck to it. And the cranky old lady at the door said, you only get to take one of them. When I wasn't trying to take more than one and it scarred me for life. And as far as I'm concerned, let's go from October 30th to November 1st and skip the whole thing. (laughs) That may explain a lot about me. Jeff Stein, the happiest man in Iowa. All right. Uh. <laughs> Just saying. I was scarred at a young age about Halloween. Forget it. Don't want any part of it ever since. I had fun and got free candy. I, you know, potato, potato. Uh, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> you're the you're the one who who, as the children were growing up, and and thank God your your wife was the moderating influence on the development of the children. But you'd say, all right, let's see what you have. Okay. For your dental health, yes. you only get six pieces of candy, and Dad will take the rest and donate it to poor children who didn't get to have candy. And then when the kids all go to bed with their six, six pieces of candy, you're sitting there just mowing down, watching, uh, you know, playing video games. I, I would know. go to sleep. I'll do it in front of their face. I always kind of wonder, it's like, Mom, Dad, why are you sitting out the door? You have a bowl of candy right here. I could just stay right here and eat this, you know. I don't have to do the legwork. This is my philosophy. It's like if I'm going to buy overpriced candy, I might as well eat it. Why yeah. give it to these these snot-nosed little kids in uh, way? <laughs> Open the door. There's a kid trick-or-treating. Just slam the door as you eat the candy bar yourself. Nice. Uh, well, it's, it's a matter of saying this is what life is like, kid. This is your candy bar, but I'm going to eat it in front of you and hand you the wrapper. 
Welcome to the American taxation system. That's what uh, it should have done. I was gotten way too Republican. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, all right. <laughs> Teach you a lesson about, you know, Ayn Rand. All right. So we, I yes. want to take something. You and I are going to go down a path here that's way out in left field. And all it's right. an issue that probably most people have not even heard about. But there is this movement right now to remove the AM radio from vehicles. Now, the argument that you get from the industry is that an AM signal, when you're looking at electric vehicles, it can create electromagnetic in interference to the electric vehicle. And henceforth, it, it it's considering it is, you know, and like, you know, when you talk about people that are engineers that are building the next big thing, they, they have no problem in abandoning the old thing. The mentality is, well, why do we need them anyway? But there is this movement right now within the government to say, no, 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 no. We need to make sure AM radios are still accessible in cars, at least for a while here. Am I getting that correctly? Pretty much. Um, there are a couple of things about it. First of all, they're not taking AM radios out of existing vehicles. Yeah. This is only that you could not get them in new vehicles. Now, the concept is... And, and you know this, when you're driving along listening to AM 950 and there happens to be a thunderstorm, it interferes with the signal. That's yeah. electrical interference. Apparently, in an EV, because of the nature of the vehicle, the radio gets interfered with. Now, that's why they say, well, let's get rid of AM in the cars because there's interference. Well, you could put in a $15 filter. The, the manufacturer can put in a filter that would eliminate the issue of the static on the radio. Now, the argument that some, I don't, but some have, have posed is that this is a diabolical plan to get rid of conservative talk radio because more of that is on AM than any other type of programming. And so you have people saying this is government censoring content, and I don't buy that. I buy the monetary approach, Matt, and here's my theory. Oh, I, I by the way, okay. 100% agree with you. $15 per car, I can already see the executives in that car company saying, man, think about how much money we would save, how many jet skis we could buy if we don't have to put that thing in there. Well, and then they don't have to put the AM radio in on top of it, yep. you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I say this is for profit by the car companies. Because if you don't put the AM radio in and everybody says, oh, yeah, well, that's fine. Pretty soon they're going to tell you, well, it's not cost effective to only have the FM radio because really, you know, AM and FM, they were together. And so now that we're only putting an FM radio in, that's not cost effective. So we need to get rid of the FM radio as well. What are you left with then? You're left with paying the car companies for streaming services. Yes. And that, to me, is the whole motivation here. They are trying to find a way so that the free entertainment goes away so they can make more money. Now, there is a public safety element of this. And look, from a libertarian standpoint, I don't want the government telling a car company what they can and cannot do, except they already do with regard to uh, miles per gallon guidelines, with Seat regard belts, to emissions, airbags, you know, and everything, yeah, yeah. right? So it's not the first time the car company, well, here's the safety element. When there is some sort of a warning, 
uh, uh, an emergency. I mean, for example, today alone in my state, we had the na- the statewide uh, monthly test of er- emergency activation. Yes. We had um, the test of a missing person. Uh, and so, you know, here this goes. There was the water boil advisory in Hardin County, Iowa, for one of the cities. Okay, so the idea is to get messages out, there's a system and it overrides on radio. And AM signals travel much farther than FM, especially when you get into cities. Now, you said to start the conversation, many people just may not have heard of this. I guarantee you in rural areas they have because, again, this is where it is really impacting people, not so much in big, bigger cities where there are a lot of options, but it's going to impact people in rural areas. By the way, water boil in Hardin County. I used to live in Hardin County. What town is it? Is it Eldora? It was Ac- no, it was Ackland. Oh, it was Ackland. Okay. Well, sucks oh, to be well, that. Nice, <laughs> nice job with the plausible deniability. Oh, what town was it? I had nothing to do with this. Well, sure. I might feel a little bad if it was Eldora, but I mean, it's, you know. I, well, I knew when I said Hardin County, I was going to get your attention on that. But yes, it was Ackley and they have a boil order because I, I don't know. Something. There is this false notion. I remember when I worked in Ames and I was working there with mm-hmm. Iowa State University. And this is back in 97 to 2000. And mm-hmm. I would I would have these, the, we, we'd do, go do Visha and they'd always have all the fraternities and sororities that have a fundraiser and they would talk about them and they'd say, well, what's the number people can call? We don't have a phone number. Here's your webpage, uh, Gamma Kappa Beta backslash help the needy backslash question mark 4719 question mark dot com. And you're like, okay, you think anyone's going to remember that when I say that on the air? And they said, well, everyone's got online. I said, No, this is back in 97 to 2000. A lot of people are getting there, but the vast majority of people still have, you know, do phones and dial and that's how you do this. Mm -hmm. And it was hard because there's this tendency of that when someone embraces a new technology, that, that all other technology, ancient technology is now gone by the wayside. And this is clearly people who, and and I'm not going to sit here and fight for conservative radio per se, but I'll, I'll fight for, I'll fight for ag radio. Holy cow. I mean, that's one of the few things that one of the few places you still get agricultural news and and reporting in rural America is on these AM radio stations out there that would, there, no one's going to replace that. No one is going to replace that. Um, I don't necessarily think it's good to start stifling freedom of speech, whether that's, you know, shutting down one political point of view or, or not. But as well, I mean, that goes be, it goes beyond. There's a lot of radio stations in rural America that do not have an FM counterpart to them. I mean, our station doesn't have an FM car- counterpart to it. We are just AM 950. And so in these communities, that's where they get their Iowa Hawkeyes football or the Iowa State Cyclone football, or they they can get their 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 local news. I mean, there is a viability here that I understand the guys in New York and Los Angeles or Detroit or wherever they're drawing up these plans are, they're looking, well, that's horseshoes. We're moving on into the future. The reality is, is that there, there is an insanely myopic view because the reality is that no matter what you have, I understand satellite radio is out there and stuff, but still the pound for pound, the winner in rural America is AM radio. And again, it's free. And that's why I I think there's this motivation because, you know, look, there are people listening to us now on AM 950. Tremendous. There are people, no doubt, listening to your web stream. But you've got to be in a place to listen to the web stream, like near a computer or an app on a phone or whatever, whatever it is. And that's that's not as mobile. 
not as guaranteed as the AM in the car. And the the concept that you can just wipe this entire uh, form. Now, you know, off the map makes no sense. Now there are people who say, well, you know, again, government shouldn't be playing favorites. Government regulates radio. You have to follow certain rules. You know, Chad owns a license for AM 950. Yes. And there are rules. Now, not everybody can have a radio station. Why? Because these are electromagnetic frequencies. They fly through the air just like a river. It's a natural resource. This is how it's been interpreted by this government. Because in the early days before we had governmental regulation of radio, everybody put a radio station on whatever frequency they wanted. And guess what happened? Everybody was talking on top of one another. There was no radio because everybody tried to talk at the same time. And so there's a regulation of who gets to have frequencies, who gets to have a license, where do they transmit. Government already regulates radio. And so therefore, it's different than newspapers. It's different than cable and satellite. It's different than streaming services. So, you know, truly, this is government protecting a natural resource that is free for people. And it just comes down again to money, in my view. Because if you've got that, well, look, you buy a new car at Rudy Luther. Yes. Does it come with uh, XM? Uh, yeah, satellite, it's, it's, XM it's, it's, you have to activate it, but they all, all of them pretty much today are, are built in with the satellite radio in them. And it's like, hey, here's your two months free. And then you pay for it, right? Yes. Well, what happens when you say, you know, I don't want to pay for it because guess what? I still have radio. Well, what happens when you don't have radio anymore? Mm. Then are you more likely to buy a streaming service, a Sirius XM, et cetera? Maybe. And guess who then makes money? The car company. I'm going to tell you this. Sure. Friends of mine on the far right can say it's to stifle their voices all they want. The real thing is a restraint of trade on the AM FM radios because it's not well, just AM. I will tell you. Well, and I, and I think you're actually the, the the most spot on point you're saying is that it's taking it's doing something that conservatives in this country have been doing for 50 years, taking something that we have for free and turning it into something that we pay for, and that is that has been a a kind of a mindset that this has gone in this country, and I, and I, it's it is very valuable. So I mean, okay, uh, uh, Brett, quickly, quickly. Well, but here's the thing: let's say you want to pay for the streaming service or for Sirius XM, go for it. Yeah. But, but again, this is the free, over-the-air, government-regulated security system that will override anything else. And they're not, gonna, they're not making you to pay for AM and FM radio. They just don't want you to have that as an option at all. Uh, we stream on our webpage, Brett, but what's the service at, what's the, if, uh, for the uh, tune-in? Yep, tune-in. Tune-in. Yep. There's radio.com. There's tune-in.com. And I think there's a few other ones that are out there. Mm-hmm. Could could the the, rec, the companies basically say, here's the deal. If you have a streaming service, we'll put it on, and that's going to be a free service. Your local radio stations will be available to you within a, say, a 200-mile radius, wherever your car is at any given time. Th- those will be free. I'm presuming that's a, that's a non-starter because, you know, once again, as you go back to, well, they're not going to give you something for free that they'll make you pay for. All right. Let's say you went with that. Let's okay. say, and it, we'll pick on TuneIn. How does TuneIn right now get its signals? They take them. They take them typically from your web stream. And so that's why the tune-in quality has never been as good as if it was the straight stream of AM 950 or, or whatever. But here's what's going to happen. If they make the deal and say, oh, well, you know, we'll just make sure every car has tune-in. Right now, tune-in carries my radio station, your radio station for free. 
you think that's going to continue? No, that's of good, course not. No, of course and not. so that's the whole problem. When an aggregator of signals becomes the exclusive distributor, hello, capitalism. No. And guess who's going to get soaked? It's going to be the station who then will pass it on to businesses, who passes it on to consumers, and you're stuck paying. Uh, I would highly recommend uh, people out there, everyone that's listening right now, contact your local congressman, federal congressman uh, or senator and tell them, you know, make sure we preserve AM radio. Because although we definitely have a wide cornucopia of op options to get a an entertainment signal, the reality is, is we still need those base ones in AM and FM radio. And if we don't have those well, then we really don't. You know, it's it is. There, the only option is going to be then to pay for it, and I think that that's that's something which is 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 not going to benefit all of us at all. Let's take a break. Come on back. Uh, we'll we'll actually get into some politics when we do return. Jeff Stein joining us nine five two nine four six six two zero five. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM nine fifty. AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. Jeff Stein joining us uh, right now. Jeff, uh, Minnesota tomorrow is going to have a hearing at the Minnesota Supreme Court to whether or not to negate Donald Trump from the election ballots, the primary and the general election ballots in 2024. Uh, this is the second major state to go with this. Colorado is also uh, running up the, uh, the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which is pretty clear. You can't be part of an insurrection and then be on a ballot again. The Republican argument seems to be something of the effect of well, you can't do this on a state level. Only the federal level can. But isn't that kind of you? You've always made the point. It's like the, these elections are a state thing. This is if you are going to remove someone under Section three of, of the Fourteenth Amendment, you gotta kind of start at the state level because the, the the federal government doesn't really have any control over the state elections. Correct. The president is elected by electors. Electors are selected by states. States have their own rules about elections with regard to how many days prior to Election Day, when are the polls open on Election Day, etc. They have rules for when you uh, have to be on a ballot, not be on a ballot, you know, all of this. Everything is controlled by the states. And so there is no such thing, Matt, as a national ballot. And if a state disqualifies someone, either because they didn't get enough signatures or because they run afoul of any of the other rules for being on a ballot, they can't be on the ballot. Now, is this, uh, I understand why those on the right who support Trump are saying, well, this is a federal issue because that's the argument they would have to make. And by the way, can I, can, I, can I step in here really quick? You're, you're, because to understand the process. The state then sends it up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court basically says, yes, a state, say that they rule for the people that are trying to remove them, uh, Trump from the ballot in Colorado, Minnesota, right. they, they right. come back. What they're basically saying is they're not saying Trump's off the ballot in all these other states. He's saying that the other states, if they try to remove him, they are not going to get in the way of it. Correct. That would be the correct well, interpretation. What they're saying is that the states have the right to determine who's on the ballot. Yes. Okay. In a state run election. And so, no, it does not. It, you're right. It, it For the very reason that you just stated, if Minnesota and Colorado can say that that paragraph of the 14th Amendment applies, if they have the right to do that individually, then so do the other states. But those other states also don't have to. Yes. They can interpret it their own way. And it's uh, it's an imaginative way of going about it. It's untested. 
Nobody knows how this is going to how this is going to fly because many of these same states have provisions that say the Republican and Democrat parties. Some states it's libertarian too if they had enough of a vote. You don't have to get signatures. You don't your your nominating convention individual the the person that you nominate at the national convention is automatically on the ballot. All right, how does that square then? Because it's one thing for Bobby Kennedy Jr. to have to go door to door to get signatures to be an independent on every state's ballot. It's another when you've you've just you, your party automatically gets in. And so how's that going to fly if one state says, yes, your party's nominee automatically gets in, but we're going to preemptively disqualify that person because of the 14th Amendment. It's it's fascinating stuff that's never been broke. Well, okay, has it, has it not? The reason I ask that is this. Okay, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, this is being used this time. But if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, Lincoln wasn't on the ballot even. They kept him off the ballot in many southern states. I don't know what their justification was for that. But they did. Now, it could have been just they made it up just to keep them on the ballot. And back then, no one really cared. But they had to have been some reason they kept Lincoln off those ballots in 19, or 1860 when he originally ran because, you know, he, you know they, they, he was not on a lot of state ballots. Well, in 1864 is when they did the Unity Party. And that's why Andrew Johnson, a Democrat, was listed as the vice presidential running mate for preservation of the union. In that election, they, that's why there was the split between Lincoln, a Republican, and Johnson, a Democrat, because they kind of all just got together and said, well, we, we just got to get through this election process. There's a war on. And so, you know, we're, we're always fast and loose with this stuff when it serves our purposes. But, you know, again, it's the, it's the same people who are saying we need to have this controlled by states who then are saying, oh, well, no, it's a national election. You cannot have that both ways. And that's what makes my head hurt. You know, because it's like, all right, I don't care which lane you take driving your car down the road, but pick one. You can't be driving sideways in both of them. We'll have to wrap it up there. Jeff Stein, Mm -hmm. once again, uh, the Iowa Politics Report. I'll uh, put that out a little bit later on. Jeff, thank you very much. Hour two is up next.